0: Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. Remember the movie Back to the Future? And if I could put you in that car, the DeLorean to send you back in time to when you first started as a mortgage broker, and you could give yourself three pieces of advice, what would you say to yourself? And the idea is, is that we want to get somebody who's got all this insight, knowledge that they've learned a whole bunch of things to go back and, and coach themselves. And we get to sit on the sidelines and watch and go, oh, there's a lot of, and I've done these so many times now that there's a, there's a pattern to these, the way people answer these questions. And if you listen to them, a lot of people answer them the same way, but I want to take today's show and talk about what I would do. And I'm not going to talk about three things. I'm actually going to talk about one. And I'm going to talk about this one concept that if I could go back to when I first started in business and my very first business was a paintball field that I put on, On not my property. It was on government property that I set up a paintball field and I rented paint guns and sold paint to my friends because I wanted to pay for my hobby. But if I could go back and give myself a single piece of advice, this show would be it. So if you're new in the business or wherever you are, for me, this has been life life changing and mind expanding in terms of what the capability is with it. So before I do though, I'm gonna tell you a quick story about a guy named Jay Abrams. And Jay Abrams is a famous, famous marketer who charges hundreds of thousands of dollars for a day of his time or 100. I don't know, it's crazy. And I was at a mortgage conference once and he was speaking and it was fantastic in the writing notes. I'm like, I'm literally almost having a entrepreneurial seizure from all the ideas of listening to Jay speak. And at the end, he's like, okay, so I'm done. But hey, there's like 600 people in the room, let's say 600 people. At the end, he's like, hey, so I'm going to sit around here. If you guys want to come down and ask me some questions, go ahead. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? I can go down and ask Jay Abrams any question I want. And so, of the 600 people, 580 of them, this was in Vegas, keep in mind, 580 of them were gone because this was right at the lunch break. So they're gone. They're out in the casino. And I'm like, you people are mental. You don't, you, you know how much money you would have to spend to get this guy's time. And so I was, I was down there like a dirty shirt. And he told a story when we were down there and I, we asked him and we asked him some questions and there's maybe 20 people that came down and, and spent some time sitting at the feet of Jay Abrams as he's explaining this to us. And he tells a story and this story perfectly encapsulates the, what I would tell myself when I get the DeLorean to go back. And so he tells a story when he's in, he's in China. And he's talking about marketing and being creative and yada, yada. And this guy comes up to him and says, so Jay, like, I, I love your idea of, you know, the, some of your ideas, but here's my problem. My problem is, is that I have, we've built these motorcycles that are very cost effective to They're very popular, cost effective, and people want to buy them. But I just don't, I don't own a factory. I don't have a factory. I can't, I can't figure out like, how do I get the money? How do I raise them? His real problem was how do I raise the money to start a factory, to build the motorcycles and to do all this? Because like there was a massive demand for these really inexpensive motorcycles that he was building. And Jay said to him, you're looking at the question wrong. He said, who already has a factory that you could partner with? who's the person that is already got the capacity, but maybe they have some unused capacity. So what this guy did was he went out and he started talking to some factories and said, Hey, he found a factory that made lawnmowers. And they said, Oh yeah, we've got some extra shifts. We only run this many shifts a week. So we'll put an extra shift on and we'll build your motorcycles. Well, he came back a year later when Jay came back to China and he sat and talked to this guy, came up and said, dude, you've made me like a multimillionaire. I've made so much money because I didn't try to solve the how I found a who who needed who could do it. And we partnered and now we're both making money hand over fist. And so the whole point of this story is that this was an entrepreneur with a big dream, with a great idea with a big dream, but he had a problem. His problem was how, how am I going to get this product to market when I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, he could think of all the reasons he doesn't have it. But what he ended up doing is he found a who who had another problem, this who had a problem of, I got a factory, it's only running two shifts a day. We could run the night shift building motorcycles instead of building lawnmowers. And so two people with two separate problems and he had unused capacity at this factory. And all of a sudden now a whole new marketplace opens up. So here's the concept that I would tell myself if I could sit down, sitting with Scott, slap myself upside the head a little bit. Okay, listen, listen, Peckford, here's what you need to realize. Whenever you are making a major decision in business, in anything, I don't want you to start asking how, I want you to ask who. So the, the question is who, not how. Who already knows how to do this? Who's already done this? Who has an answer to this question? That is your your quest is not how. You're, when you try to come up with how, this is what's going to slow you down. This is what's going to create all kinds of anxiety. And you don't need to come up with the answers. You just need to find the, the who who's already figured it out. And you know, I often say in the mortgage business, after doing this business for 15 years and four years in the coaching business, is that there is no problem that you're having in your mortgage business today, whatever it is, Somebody's already had that problem and somebody's already solved it. Your challenge is who solved it and who can show me how to solve it like they did it. That's it. And part of the problem for this, I think, is that we as we go to school, in school, when you and one of our philosophies as a company is always cheat on the test. We always say, hey, find, find an answer. That was my version of this until I learned this who not how. And this comes from his book called Who Not How with but done by Dan Sullivan. And Go buy the book. Like, honestly, the book is fantastic. It'll expand your mind. It's the simplest concept, but it'll expand your mind and what's possible. And so, Who Not How is a very powerful concept. So, this is what I would tell myself. So, I got a new idea, a new venture, something that I want to do. I would be like, okay, who's already done this? And I'm going to go ask them for advice. I'm going to see if there's a way that I can learn from them instead of figuring it out all on my own. And, you know, Derek Sivers is often quoted saying, if you're trying to get to a destination, call the destination and ask for directions, which is really another form of who, not how. It's like, who already knows who's already there? Why don't I phone them and say, how did I get there? Right. It's a very powerful concept that. I think is so easily overlooked. And so, for example, our coaching clients will come to us and be like, hey, Scott, we need to get more real estate agents. We want to get them to refer us. And so in our program, we have this concept called the perfect realtor pitch. And so we teach mortgage brokers how to pitch realtors and get referrals. And so we've got dozens and dozens of of testimonials from clients who go out, they use this concept, they use this, how we do it. And then they walk away and they get a referral. They go, I've never met the guy before, walked away with a referral. And so what they've done in that scenario is they've used our how because why come up with your own way to do this. And you know, the way that I've described this particular part of our program is it's kind of like a listing presentation, you know how realtors have listing presentations? Well, if nobody in your community, if you're a realtor, let's say go back to the beginning, if you're a realtor, and nobody had a listing presentation, you're the first person to show up with one guess who's going to eat everyone else's lunch? You absolutely. And so this is what we do with our clients. So that's an example of asking the question who instead of how do I do this myself? You know, the other thing is sometimes you get stuck. So maybe you're at a part in your business where you're like, okay, I think I need to hire. I want to grow, but how do I grow? What's the next best step? Again, why ask how you can get bogged down in the how, how will wear you out or bog you down. But who is way more, more, more effective. I see mortgage brokers make mistakes in this all the time. And I'll talk to people that are new in the mortgage business. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm building my website. I'm like, why are you building a flipping website? Like that is not a good use of your If you want to be a mortgage broker, go out and talk to clients, talk to realtors, building a website is not a activity that you should be doing. But I see people do it all the time or they'll spend all their time on their logo and their website. None of, that stuff, none of that None of that crap matters. It doesn't matter at all. One of our coaches in our program, so his name is Dustin. And the guy does like 50, 60 loans a month is what he's closing right now. And so he, some of the stuff he does, he has some ads that he runs. And I asked them, I'm like, who does the ads for you? He goes, I don't do it. He goes, for me to be really good at running ads, I would have to spend an enormous amount of time on it. And it's much better for me to just pick up the phone and be talking to the leads and talking to the clients. My wife has a company where she teaches sourdough baking, and we run Facebook ads for that. And I've spent probably between $12,000 to $15,000 learning Facebook ads, and I can do them. I can absolutely do them. I do not run the ads for that part of our business. And the reason why is because I cannot be excellent at it. Like, the person that we have who's done it, who's, who's managed millions and millions of dollars of Facebook ad spend, she's just better at it. She does it all the time. She does it 24 seven. So it does not make sense for me to be the person to do it. And so often we get stuck in the, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to do ads, I got to pay for I got to learn how to do it. I guess I'm going to have a website. I got to learn, no, wrong, eh, don't do that. And I know that there's financial constraints that you may have and you are be like, well, Scott, that sounds great, but I don't have the money to do it. Then I would still urge you to not get stuck in activities that are low priority and low return on your time getting better at making phone calls. That's a good use of your time getting better at how to pitch realtors, good use of your time, learning how to build a website, not a good use of your time, unless you're going to get into just building websites. So this whole concept of this is what I would say to myself, Scott, here's what you need to do. This is me talking to myself now sitting across in the diner, sitting across from myself, having a coffee, Okay, Scott, what you need to do every time in business, when you have a new idea, a new concept that you want to expand, I want you to not ask how and start brainstorming all the ways that you need to do this. I want you to ask who, who can help you do it, who's already done it, who can you partner with, who can you collaborate with, that is the question you're going to ask. Same thing when you have a problem in your challenge that you're having, whatever that is. I don't want you going, how am I going to solve this? How, how, how is the wrong question? You're going to ask who already knows and who can help me to achieve this. So I hope that helps you and your business. And if you do, I'd love to reach out to me. If you, if you use this concept and you just grab your head around this buy the book, who, not how it's fantastic. Check out that book and then shoot me an email. It's scott at 10 loans a month.com. I'd love to hear from you. And in my next show, I'm going to talk about the top two regrets of the top mortgage brokers. So what are the two most common regrets? And so I've like, I've asked this question, the DeLorean question to hundreds of top mortgage brokers. What are the two that come up over and over and over again? And then hopefully you can avoid it. If depending on where you're at in your business, hopefully, and and these are successful mortgage brokers. So that's what I'm going to talk about in the next show. And thanks again for checking out this show. If you could do me a huge favor, if you could go to I love mortgage or to go to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to this, leave us a review for the show, whether you're wherever you are in Canada, US, Australia, I'd really appreciate it. We read all the reviews for the show. It would mean a lot to me if you go check that out. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. And I will see you on the next show. This is an I love mortgage brokering production.